Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, listeners. Before we get going today, I want to tell you that we've teamed up with Honest Brew, which I really think is brilliant. Jamie, after a hard day's work, what's the thing you want more than anything else, apart from seeing your fiancé and child, obviously? Uh, probably a cold beer. Me too. And what beer do you like? Uh, I don't know, like craft beers mainly, like Beaver Town, Meantime, Five Points, that kind of thing. Yep, those are great. I personally like to rep the South London beers, so I drink a lot from Brixton and Gypsy Hill. Yeah, see, I'm not sure how easy it is to get those beers at my local shop. Aha! Well, that's where Honest Brew comes in. Honest Brew delivers beer from the best independent craft breweries right to your door. So no more schlepping back and forth to the nearest hipster off license. You've just described a situation where I never have to leave the house. Where do I sign up? Just head to their online shop. There you can pick and mix your own selection of beers, purchase a gift, or get your hands on one of their curated mixed cases. And remember... Honest Brew's craft beer experts taste test every beer listed, so they're all good. And the good news for Good Dad Ugly listeners is that you can get £10 off your first order with the code FATHERHOOD. Cheers! Hello and welcome to the Good, the Dad and the Ugly, the Fatherhood podcast. I'm Seth, a new dad, and on each episode you'll hear me and my good pal Jamie, hello, who's also a new dad, as we chat with our special guest each month about everything that comes with modern day fatherhood. Along the way, you'll also get the latest highs and lows and thrills and spills as Jamie and I foray further into these unfamiliar, joyful and often choppy waters. Choppy waters. Choppy waters. Choppy waters. Choppy waters. Hello and welcome to episode 13 of The Good, The Dad and The Ugly. This is a bit of a a special podcast, this one. We don't have a guest this time round. We just thought we'd, because it's been like a year, our last episode was obviously episode 12. So it's been a year since we've been doing the podcast and um, Eliza's a year old. And so we thought we'd just do a kind of look back at sort of some of our favourite bits from the, the last 12 episodes. It's just the the four of us, me, Jamie, Tom and Benji in the studio for our kind of annual party, our kind of 12 month anniversary. Yeah, a birthday uh, party. Birthday party, oh, yeah. yeah. We're just kicking back with a couple of beers, courtesy of Honest Brew. Yeah. Tom's eating a pizza because he arrived late. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to hear from Tom and Benji for like the first time. I think we're going to be getting more progressively drunk during this so apologies if the standard of chat goes um goes down towards the end of this podcast (laughs) you might think that there's not much further we can go down so i think i mean i mean the main thing we should talk about really is a a year of you being a dad right i think the best question to ask anyone is how do you think you've changed Changed. Yeah. yeah um i don't know you know what it's funny like I think I've probably spoken about this before. I kind of 
before Alice and I had Eliza, yeah, we'd already kind of fallen into a pattern of being kind of a bit middle-aged and not really doing that much. I felt like like we would go out for dinner and things, and yeah, uh, but like you know, the drinking was really scaled back. The raving, the raving, yeah, you know, just the frantically going all over London, seeing people scaled way, way back. So in some ways, life hasn't changed that much. Obviously, you know, having a child does does change the dynamic at home. Yeah. Um, and it's you know it is hard. It, uh, yeah, as we discussed, I think on the on the last episode with with Alex Baker, I think that obviously having a child is hard, uh, and it's uh, there's a steep like learning curve to it. But I think you know, there's two things that sort of impact people's sort of experiences of it or or how they kind of describe those to other people like sometimes you know children can vary in how much of a handful they are i suppose but the other thing is just some people are just more prone to you know talking up the hard stuff but i also think there are you know i think i've been and i think maybe we've both been quite lucky in respect that yeah. our, we haven't had and this is very much in inverted commas difficult not children but experiences i guess yeah because i think one of the things were, uh, i remember uh, my nct woman saying to us that just because and i think i've said this on a previous podcast that just because your child doesn't sleep at night mm. doesn't make them bad no. doesn't make them a bad because the, the temptation is to say oh your ch- your baby's really good yeah, yeah because yeah, they course. sleep and it's not about that it's just every baby's different and every baby has a different thing. but we have been lucky in the sense that our babies are giving us a break in the sleeping you know area of things that it's meant that everything else is that much yeah it takes you know the is it that much easier i think who is your daddy daddy and what does he do 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 episode one was with a friend of the podcast ben okram from yeah. pilot episode and he's a theater director film director screenwriter multi-talented yeah all-round good guy and father of ezra um his i think he's two now yeah something like that three two and a half oh (laughs) that had some hilarious bits in it that famously we had the perineum massage explanation before you (laughs) you didn't know what it was i had no idea one of the main points of this podcast i suppose this this series is for me to kind of learn about the things i need to learn about one of them you know is is to do with you know the things that i should be doing and as an example the perineum massage um Mm. which if if those people who are listening who may not have heard of this i have no idea you don't know what it is nope um ben do you want to describe what it is uh so do you know do you know what the perineum is I think so. It's the bit between yes. the genitals and the anus. Yep. Uh, the gooch, as we call it at uni. Mm. The gooch. So yeah, carry on. They should just change it to the gooch. I massage. think so. So obviously tearing, like vag- vaginal tearing is a thing. that yep. happens, can happen during yeah, childbirth. Yeah. And uh, that's the bit that, as I understand it, that can tear. Uh, so perineum massage is massaging the perineum which you you can get like oils to do and what it involves is for about 15 minutes is it f- that 
Hang on a minute. Five minutes? Five yeah. minutes. Uh, why, in your face. <laughs> no, because I've been doing it. Because obviously you've, you've, you did it. I have done it. I have done it. Yeah. So I, I've been doing it. Five, um, how, five minutes. No. One minute. Four minutes. You get tired. My fingers get very tired. <laughs> and I, I appreciate that that sounds very, very pathetic. But I do my actually have... I do actually fingers. have like kind of a mild sort of arthritis in my hands. <laughs> Jamie's laughing. It's actually true. Um, so like four minutes is actually fine. I found that's well, fine. Four, four minutes. Now how I did you it. learn to do it? Oh, you poor thing. Oh, re- did you watch they, a video? They, I think I watched a did YouTube you watch video. A video. I should have watched yeah. a video because I just read the the sort of paper instructions. That that that's on YouTube. Uh, yeah, no, I, yeah. There's a, I think it's a YouTube thing. I think that's where I watched it. Shit, and um, so you, but you, you, and but you don't, you don't just like massage that bit mm. on the surface you you act you have to obviously massage from the vagina down towards that bit and then you're right. you're effectively just limbering it up really and you're getting right. it used to you're making it supple really mm. and making it used to uh the stretching that will be involved and the the theory is that that then um mitigates what can help um you know, yeah prepare it uh, and and hopefully help stop tearing Wowza. So is it something is that, that you NCT? think... That's NCT? Mm. Well, they de- they, it's definitely brought up in yeah. NCT classes. Is that something I, d- I don't know? I haven't even committed to taking the desk out of the front room to make way for the baby yet. I found, so. it, I found it's quite fun. Yeah, I'm sure. I it's, mean, it sounds uh, like... See, so Seth and I'm a bit convinced about No, it, I, 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 <laughs> Well, 15 minutes as, over here. Yes, <laughs> <to vindicate. laughs> But maybe I've been... Maybe was, I was um, supposed to be doing It took me minutes. back to teenage fingering. Yeah. And, and was a real education in, in how wrong that was. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was um, seems a long time ago. Mm. Um, that was like before Eliza actually arrived. Yeah, that's so when you we were, bashed that one out. Yeah, we were both soon to be dads, and then yeah. by episode two, you were a dad. I was a dad. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it wasn't long after that we recorded episode two with with our friend Will. No, I mean, is that all still quite a bit hazy for you, or do you do you remember? Is that quite still? Pre- is the the whole because you told a, your birth story in episode two? Is yeah. that is that still quite present in your mind? Do you still remember that day as well now as you kind of did back then? Is it still quite? Uh, it know, is, yeah. It mm. is still kind of quite imprinted in my brain. Do you think it's ever going to be something you kind of get hazy on, or do you think it's it is a? Well, we've got it uh, sort of committed to uh, audio. That's true. So we got in the pool and we were doing like I say yeah we we were doing the gas and air so Alice was doing it and then I was doing a bit. Um, <laughs> it was yeah, how was that? Is it a proper nice little high? Yeah. Was it like? I don't know. I've never done anything like <laughs> no, that. no, no, no. Maybe you had to liken it. To, uh, to, uh, well, have you ever been to the dentist? Yes. <laughs> right. So, right, they, so like that. Yeah. yeah. Or have you ever done balloons at a party? Yeah. At five o'clock in the morning. No. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like that as well. Um, okay. And uh, yeah, it's quite fun. We were listening to the National. Yes, oh, nice. what track? What track? Uh, we had on um, Fake Empire, I think. Yes, no. that, that is the best. Uh, best track song. by the best track by the National. Well done, good choice. Yeah, oh, I think Great so. Great choice. I think so. So I was having a great time. But Alice was getting more and more, you know, she was getting more and more uncomfortable. You're having a pie. Yeah. And so the gas in there was kind of working to an extent, but it was, it, you know, it, it's it's supposed to, again, it's a sort of a distractionary thing. It doesn't really kill the pain. It's supposed to just sort of confuse your brain into thinking that you're not in excruciating pain. 
and so it was sort of not really working and you've got to time it right as well you've got to do it at the right moment so it sort of peaks mm. as you're having the height of the like discussion. any drugs really yeah 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 well i wouldn't know about no, that neither, no neither um, would I. then alice said to me what's the time and i said 3 30 and she was like what I thought I'd been in here for like two hours and it's been like 10 minutes. She's <laughs> like, right, give me the epidural. No. And then there was a bit back and forth like that and then we were like, okay, she means business now. Yeah. Oh, so you, you, did, you did go for it. You... Well, basically you realise afterwards that that is the classic moment when they're like, right, no fucking about now. Let's fucking get <laughs> Stage one to stage two. That is exactly. Yeah. That's when nice. you're transitioning to like the final yeah. stage. That's when the adrenaline kicks in and everything goes yeah. pretty mental. So we were getting her out of the pool, getting a little wheelchair thing to take her around to the labor ward and call the anaesthetist and all that kind of stuff. And as she's getting out of the pool, that's when the mucus plug dropped out. And I was like, oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> that is disgusting. <laughs> but also- What like, was it like? It's really like dark red, the color of like head blood. Oh, you know, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. And it's mucusy as well. It's got like an edge, a residue of kind of like <laughs> snot. <laughs> So <laughs> yummy. Yeah. <laughs> so I fished that out and saved it for <laughs> standard later. So she got up and then she was like walking and the midwife had said to her, do you feel like the sensation to like poo or anything like that? Or do you feel you need to push? And she was like, no, no. <laughs> I realized afterwards she was saying that because she did want to feel like pooing and need to push but she was worried that if she said that she did, that they wouldn't give her the epidural. So she yeah. lied. Oh, so they See, got the so, lying thing works. Yeah, it, yeah exactly. Well, but yeah, for so long. Well, they, yeah, exactly. They find you out eventually, Jamie. Yeah. She was walking towards the wheelchair to sit down for them to take her through. And then she said, oh, like I can kind of feel something. And she said after she told me that she wasn't going to say that, but she's like, I can't lie. I can't lie about this. She was like, okay, I'm gonna need to check you. So she checked her and she was basically like, yeah, the baby's coming. That period was like, probably like 20 minutes, half an hour. Yeah. And it just went, just zoomed by. And then at the end of it, there was a baby. So it's happened. I'm here with the baby. Hi, baby. He's just sucking your little hand. I mean, I've literally never been so amazed in my life. Alice was amazing. The midwives were amazing. It was incredible. Now we've got this lovely, beautiful baby. You can hear her breathing. Do you know what I find funny about that? is that I gave you so much shit about you going home. Oh, and, yeah. And leaving. And I genuinely at the time didn't thought that when it came to it, I would 100% stay. And it turns out I didn't. So I feel bad that I gave you so much shit. So I want to formally apologize for that. Because I think Apology a lot of people do go home. And it's fine to go home. It's because a hospital go. isn't 
the best place for you know more than one person to stay. I don't think the hospital people want like like sort of it's, dads hanging around sleeping exactly. on the floor either. It's better if they just get one on one because the dads can be more pain in the ass. They just well, you were you were trying to like steal fucking Nat's bed, weren't you? So I did steal Nat's yeah. bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then we had episode three with Jerry. Yeah, who was talking about the IVF journey, mm. and there were some serious lols in that in that episode. Yeah, that was. I think that was the when we had Jerry's episode that we realised that there's quite a lot of alternative funny stories out there that we probably didn't really think of when we started this do you know what i mean like i think there was i didn't expect him to come to us with the um his so much masturbation (laughs) chat there was a lot of wank chat yeah i mean i knew there would be wank chat but i didn't it'd be like wank chat yeah there was there were levels yeah wank chat yeah 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 so we've already sort of discussed that it. it's quite an involved process for the woman. Yeah. For the man, you know, that what... It's, you have, it's, yeah. You have to go and give sperm, right? Yeah, yeah. What was that like? Yeah, I mean, that's... that's, that's is this the first time you've done that? Uh, like, yeah. given, given sperm in a medical way? Yes, yes, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, it was. I'm just trying to think. I can't remember if, they, if I had to do it before to analyse it. But yeah, no, you go in a little room and, uh, and you know, you've got to have a wank, basically. And, yeah. Um, and, and, and I, yeah, I've done it twice because for each round you've got to do it, yeah. And it was, I mean, how is it? Is it, is what it, was it must the, be quite a weird experience. It is a bit weird. Obviously, it is quite surreal. You're in this room, but I think, you know, it's... It, what was the porn like? Well, that's the, the first time I didn't use any... I didn't even know that it was porn there the first time. So you time. just used the wank bank? Yeah, exactly. My <laughs> wank bank's full and, it, you know, it, it's, it's, it's going... I was going to say it's thriving there, but no, I mean, it's... it's uh, and then, obviously, then the second time, I did notice the pedestal and there was some in there, but the thing is, it's almost seedier kind of... T- or not seedier, it's kind of dirty touching it, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I just... I don't really need it. So so it was just magazines it wasn't like a video or anything no no just magazines yeah okay. yeah kind of weird ones as well I mean not weird but it's just a bit a bit if seen the 80s I guess I think I think I think to seem to remember but but yeah no both times I just kind oh, of must have been really encrusted <laughs> <laughs> nowadays it's all online right? I mean you do you, is well, it? I don't know <laughs> so they don't have like a computer set up no there. they don't it's all it's proper magazines which is you that's bring why, in your login details Chrome incognito even. window yeah. <laughs> but you don't need it there you don't need an incognito window no, it's just, you can go on it's legit. It's one on. legitimate time. They've got, they've got bookmarks. It's fine. Yeah. You just go through. You, you didn't have a problem. No. Because no. I imagine some people would sort of, you know, um, freeze up a little bit at mm. the prospect of having to beat off in a yeah. room with think, someone standing outside waiting. Yeah. And sort of knocking, knocking on the door. On the door. Says, Sorry, there's I'll someone else out here. Can you I'll hurry up? Like, I didn't know this, that you can take your partner potentially into the wanking yeah. room. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. To uh, yeah, facilitate the... Yeah. I, I didn't know either. Seth told me, yeah, and, and yeah, you can. I guess, and that that's probably, you know probably quite a good help for you know for those that. And probably you, you say that like it's probably just easier just to get it done. Do you know yeah, what I mean? like, just go. I've got this. I've got this. Totally. Don't worry. I've I done, know what. <laughs> this is my. I know what works. <laughs> I'll be out in five minutes. Fine. <laughs> Less than that. Yeah. You're just you're just gonna muddle things and just it doesn't. This is unnecessary. <laughs> there were. It should be said as well, some quite kind of, you know, some pretty deep bits in that, obviously, about the sort of journey that they'd had with kind of miscarriages. Yeah. And, you know, the difficulties um, just with the the treatment. 
And I was really shocked to hear when I was talking to someone about it quite recently that it's, and I did not know this, that it's one in three pregnancies and then a miscarriage. It's one in three? One in three, yeah. I did not know that either. No, no, no. And that's just such a stupidly high number. Mm. So, you know, it is, you know, and it makes, it makes when you do have a baby through IVF or through however you, you know, you do conceive and give birth just that much more amazing. I think there's, um, there's a lot of stories similar to Jerry's and hopefully I think Jerry's kind of shone a bit of a light on that world that I didn't know about. So the one thing that's harder than having like a child is having two children at the same time. Twins. Twins. Yeah, is what they're called. Yeah, that is that is what they're called. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we spoke to Jim on episode four. Yeah, Jim Hickey. Yeah, and he, he has uh, twin girls, which he spoke quite openly about. Yeah. And the, the struggles of that. Yeah. But he seemed pretty chilled about it. He did. Yeah. He I did. doubt he was that chilled. when There were some tough stories in there. About yeah. kind of the difficulties with breastfeeding with two babies and see that's not something you think about as a guy I don't think. Can I can I just ask how did you find out first of all and then like what was your reaction? So we went for the routine scan. I think we had it at about fourteen weeks because, like second time round, I don't know whether it was just we weren't as on it and we just was just like yeah you know whatever we'll go in. But we went in for the routine scan and there was obviously there's no discussion about the sex at that scan, I don't think. And we, you know, just the, the, he's doing the scan and he's just sort of kind of drops something about kind of, yeah, they're doing well, you know, or, you know, there seems to be, oh, uh, there seems to, you know, the heartbeats seem to be doing well. He made some kind of little kind of dropping a hint, a plural, <laughs> that might suggest that, you know, he's kind of like them waiting for you to hear the sound yeah. of a jaw hitting the floor. And he's kind of then, you know, like there's some sort of like, little kind of perverse uh, thing going on uh, to, to just waiting to see how long it takes to compute I bet they love that I oh, bet yeah. They yeah I bet they have a, like a, a like a top gear kind of like board of <laughs> how many seconds it took for the parents to realise they're having twins like what was your immediate reaction uh, my immediate reaction was that I, I laughed <laughs> yeah yeah which is obviously a very blokey reaction to do and my missus uh, cried so, yeah, there was sort of both ends covered. Cried with, the, yeah, well, that's what I was going to ask. With, cried with joy or cried with terror? Uh, I would imagine it was probably a bit of both. Yeah, I'd imagine it was probably a bit of both. <laughs> because I can, I, I can imagine that you maybe you're just flashing forward at that point as to what that is going to do and yeah. how that is going to feel. So, Jim, could you just sort of like talk to us about the actual birth itself and how that went down? Yeah, the birth was uh it was in it ended up being in theater yeah once honor was sort of delivered and she was taken off to the kind of be put under a heat lamp and given a rub and kind of swaddled up and all that stuff i found myself naturally sort of wanting to go off and check with her what was you know what was going on that she was all right but then you're sort of going oh god i need to go back there as well and i've just kind of spent about 20 seconds dithering and working out where I was probably going to do the least damage. So you're kind of like, oh, do, you know, do I go with this one? Because uh, is she okay? You know, how's she getting on? Is she breathing all right? Is she making a noise? Is she crying? But then there's obviously, your missus is still there. Presumably uh, there's like a midwife there checking 
Yeah, the yeah, babies. yeah. They didn't just right. kind of like yeah. pop just, in and <laughs> kick, kick it over, and it was wheeled over to a heat lamp. It was, you know, I think they they were they were on it. I don't think they were that bothered about where I was. To, to be honest, I think they could uh, they couldn't see that I was being there that, is, that effective anywhere. But I mean, it's probably yeah. I imagine this is sort of magnified, you know, in the situation of having twins, but already difficult birth, perhaps. But I think that in general, you do as a dad in that situation, you do feel like a little bit of a spare part. Oh, like yeah. you re- realize that you don't really need to be there for anything. I <laughs> wait, mean, hang on, not wait, wait, what? I'm I not... don't need to, I don't need to be there. Now, no, Jamie, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be there. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying that you don't really need to be there. Like there's nothing that you can really do that is that crucial to the whole process. I will provide tunes um, and be pretty much the on-call DJ, I reckon. <laughs> That'll be my role, making sure that it's, it's shy effects and drum and bass and basically uh, I, I, and prints. I think most birthing centres do have decks in the corner, actually. Yeah. So br- bring Smoke your, machine? Bring your 12 oh, inches, yeah. <laughs> they right. probably provide DJs as well. Not on the NHS. <laughs> so your girls, do they... A, I guess, are their personalities very, very different because they're twins? Or do they kind of share a lot of traits because they're twins? I guess it could probably go both ways, really. Uh, I think they I think they, they're, they're, they have more similarities than differences. I think they're, they're really similar in their personalities. They're both really, um, they are both really creative. They both love kind of art and, st- and doing stuff like that. And they love, I mean, it's difficult to tell because... Again, just you do, can't do, tell them apart. Yeah, it's really <laughs> difficult to tell because I still don't know who, which one's which. <laughs> it's difficult to tell because we've probably always tried to do the same things with both of them. So yeah. if one of them didn't turn around and complain that they hated it, we'd just keep going. So, you know, they both like are doing piano lessons. They both do like ballet. And if someone, one of them turned around and said, like, you know what, I really hate it. I don't want to go anymore. Obviously, we would take them out of it. But they've, they've always, they always just like doing things together. So I think because of that, there's not that many kind of really marked differences. And I, I think they are very similar. I think one of them's a better manipulator than the other. <laughs> Which so, one's that? <laughs> no, she not. knows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and one of them's a bit more happy-go-lucky. But, that, you know, there's a kind of subtle differences. Um, but it's hard to know whether that's kind of nature or nurture. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. Well, a, that's, that's why, like, twins are so kind of, like, fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. Because, like, that's how you can kind of answer some of those really complicated questions about nature and nurture, in theory. Because weren't you, weren't you thinking about sending one of them to, like, a private school? Yeah, because we only had the money for one. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was an interesting thought. I thought, you know, this is a real way to find out how, how different they are and to do a sort of a, you know, a kind of whole, yeah, social experiment with them. So, but, like, homeschool one or keep one in the shed with the chickens and then send the other ones to Eton. <laughs> I wonder which one will come out better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Episode five was like quite a big deal for us. Yeah, Be- I was quite nervous. I was nervous because it was the first time we'd had like a big kind of draw on. Yeah, a proper guest. And someone, also someone that we hadn't met before. Yeah, it wasn't a friend of a friend of a friend. It was sort of, this was someone we'd gone out to get, booked, and had kindly given his time his up time. to come. I mean, no on. disrespect to the previous guests that we had, because they're all legends and we love them. Absolutely. That's great, but this guy was a big deal. Big we rolled deal. out the red carpet for him. We rolled out the red carpet for Fod. For Fod, father of daughters, Instagram sensation. 
And now friend of the podcast, I'd like to think. Yeah, I'd like to think that he talks about us with his kind of, you know, friends in the in parenting circles in fond tones. What I thought was quite interesting, what I thought was quite funny um, that Fod said was that no matter how cool he thinks he is, his kids will always find him pretty lame. Simon, so you had you had the twins, two more girls. Do you feel like you're basically completely outnumbered at home? Well, the maths tells me that I am. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's one against five. Yeah, I do feel outnumbered, but I mean, not in a bad way. Uh, I think my girls aren't terribly girly girls. If they were constantly running around in fairy dresses and doing loads of girl stuff that they weren't involving me, then I might do. But in reality, I think children at this age are fairly malleable. Uh, they take on to what's around them. So if you're interested in science or... Inter- I, I'm trying to get my daughter interested in what's going on in CERN, for example. Right. That, that's not going well, by the way. But I, I think it's important that they learn about these things. So I'll spend time with them talking about this stuff. And it, not that they're androgynous at this age, but they, they're not like women or men. Yeah. They're, they're, they're children and they are sponges of information. So it's just having that ability to relate to them and talk to them about something which is of common interest which is great don't get me wrong i still get the fairy dresses and go to gymnastic classes and all that kind of stuff which is fine but i've made my peace with that and they still come and watch rugby with me like when it's played so we have our crossover points we have the points where it's just me usually when i'm doing diy in the shed or fixing my bike or doing something like that and i enjoy that time yeah but i also enjoy being a bit of a girl now and again like getting my nails done with the girls or you know that they have this obsession i'm basically a living mannequin yeah. to them so doing hair and nails is like the thing I suppose, that they do yeah i, I mean i guess because you sort of alluded to it before it's like that you said that you'll probably feel more outnumbered at the point when they're kind of teenagers yes definitely i think where i yeah where they get to that age where they are young women that's probably where i'm going to be like Oh man, no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to do with this anymore. But they'll probably but, love you. Like, I mean, I mean, not that they. Yeah, they're, already, they'll love it when you, I hand out the twenty pound notes. Yeah, I'm sure they will. But <laughs> just, I think, or just be being... the taxi outside the nightclub that they're coming out of. Yeah, no, because it's fine. Because at that age, they'll start bringing boys into your life. So that's no, no, good, no, no, right? no. We have an agreement. That's not happening. There's no way that's happening. <laughs> that's one thing I I do think about like occasionally like how am I going to deal with that I know that's a while off now and my, my eldest is nine what that's what six seven years away hopefully I don't know I've got no idea how will I act when I'm in that situation will I be the domineering dad will I want to scare the crap out of him like they do in the films or am I going to be <laughs> a little bit more accepting and trust my daughter in her judgments and I'm not there yet I don't know but I've still got a couple of years to make up my mind around how that's going to look and feel yeah and i'm sure whatever plan i have will fall apart when i meet the joker who she's picked so we'll we'll wait and see i think the route to go on this one is to just be as embarrassing as possible oh i'm just already like, doing that utterly <laughs> right, okay we'll just ramp that up as embarrassing and awkward as possible the problem is that i've found as your children get older it doesn't matter what you do they find you embarrassing yeah sure right so there is nothing you might think you are the coolest guy on the planet like and doesn't care that I've got 589,000 followers on Instagram. She thinks I'm a moron. Like, and she thinks that my dancing is terrible, that my singing's terrible, my jokes are awful. Yeah. But that's just a father and daughter relationship, I guess. Yeah. And that I'm okay with playing that kind of fool role, if you will, because I think my dad did it to me and his dad probably did it to him. So. Of course. 
Fod actually delivered a brilliant piece of advice in that podcast. Okay. Which was uh, about flying with kids and when they're still kind of breastfeeding. Yeah. Making sure that you have like bottles and stuff prepared so that they can kind of, so their ears can adjust the, um, the altitude. Okay. Because they can't obviously regulate their own ears. Yeah. So the way to kind of avoid that situation is to give them a bottle on takeoff. I know we're getting some nice beers and, you know, having a nice time. But that man, Fod, gets next level free stuff. Like the amount of things I see on his Instagram, this is where we need to be. We need to be getting the amount of free shit that he's getting. And in fact, since we had him on our podcast, I think his popularity has taken off. Because now... Apart from the fact that his Instagram followers haven't got up as much as... Yeah, but the brand's... Like, brand involvement has, I think. Because I used to... You know, before, you know, we had him on, he was very much, I hear my kids... This is me in my house with dry pasta underneath the seat, whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah, cool. We get it. Now, his Instagram feed is like, here's me uh, posing for Barber and uh, great new range of winter clothes and Mm. shit like that. Do you think that maybe that's why the Instagram thing has tailed off? Because he's got too sold out. His brand was like, this is real parenting, Mm. right? But now he's the man. Now he's, he's at the Star Wars premiere and shit. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's on a fucking boat. He's, so- <laughs> he's sold out on a boat at the Star Wars premiere. Yeah. Wearing barber jackets. Real parenting. Yeah. I'm on a boat, motherfucker, take a look at me. Straight floating on a boat on the deep sea. Busted by night, wind whipping out my coat. You can't stop me, motherfucker, because I'm on a boat. So let's hear from one of the behind the scenes guys, Benji, our sound technician, maestro, about your favourite clip of the whole, like, sort of 12 episodes, really. Hello. Hi, Benj. Thanks for the question. Well, uh, firstly, I have to say that coming up with my single favourite clip it's a difficult task you know there's a lot of clips that I love as a I guess as a active bystander here when we're all recording I find it pretty tricky not to piss myself laughing and in fact even today I think I've done it about you 10 times piss yourself <laughs> <laughs> well a little look my role here of a good dad ugly family is largely to to edit and soundscape but i also task myself on taking sections from the main ep and turning them into standalone pieces so i guess sort of remixing them generally to squeeze a bit more comical juice out of it right yeah yeah so ultimately i try and latch on to particular conversations or discussions to elevate them and in a funny way, either within that episode itself or as an extra baby bite. So I think I tend to lean more towards material that covers serious topics, but, but maybe delivered in, in a not too serious way. So I think my favourite clip comes from 
a conversation with our guest from episode three, Jerry Bougeau, which covers his experience of fatherhood, stepfatherhood, and going through through IVF, as as you've mentioned. He talks about having to have a, a, a clinical wank to provide <laughs> a special sample for their their IVF treatment, and that he was really concerned about his sperm mixing with the deodorant that he'd put on and and causing problems. It's, it, yeah, it's my favourite clip for, for so many reasons. And of course, it was fucking hilarious. You know, where do I start with that? Firstly, he felt it was scientifically sound to shoot sperm onto his belly and then <laughs> scoop it up into a cup. You know, don't get me started on the logic behind that. It's ridiculous. And then the guys chime in, you guys chime in to hypothesize the birth of part human, part deodorant hybrid with a fresh superpower. <laughs> <laughs> I was able to gesture a, a salute to this fresh superhero theme in, in the main app and, and then I guess fully unleash my madness by way of the, the baby bite release, Deodorant Man. From out of the pages of DC Comics comes the world's newest and greatest superhero. I had deodorant on, right? And I was thinking, is the deodorant going to mess with the sperm? Mm, I actually wrote it on the form. They asked you, there's a bit on the form. It says, you know, was there anything wrong with it when you wank kind of process? And I wrote in deodorant, like, (laughs) is that going to tamper with, you know, the sperm and actually might affect things when it's mixed with the egg? You could end up with, like, some kind of, like, kind of superhero (laughs) baby that, like, smells really fresh. Fresh, 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 fresh. So, so yeah, inspiring clip in, in many ways. But what really tops this all is, is the fact that at the time of recording that episode, Jerry and his wife, Saskia, were actually in the middle of their two-week IVF wait. So the superhero was actually born uh, a few months ago, and the family have a wonderful new addition, Lucille. So this is me signing off vocally for at least a year and sending a massive shout out and lots of love to the whole Bujo family. Amazing stuff. Benj, I think we have to swap roles now. So I'm going to do the, uh, <laughs> the soundscaping for this episode. Oh, hell no, no, no. Oh, 
So that's the end of part one. We'll be right back with part two. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Should we do another beer? Yeah. Jamie, what beer are you drinking now? Well, thanks to Honest Brew... I'm drinking um, one of the selections, which is the Liquid Mistress from Siren Craft Brew. And it's a red IPA, and it's 5.8%. And that's why you're... And it's getting me a little bit drunk, bit I'll toasted. be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, um, What about you? La- you're getting leery. I, could, I, could I am. Um, I am drinking um, a beer called Inhaler, which is a juicy pale ale. Um the what's the brewery here magic rock yeah magic rock that's like a famous one isn't it they do the cannonball is that the cannonball one i don't know anyway oh, benji's nodding his head it's yeah, yeah smashed it um so yeah no that and it's very nice it's juicy yeah i can see why that's a, that's a good good i think we've talked enough about beers now okay larry <laughs> So if episode five was a kind of seminal moment for the fact that we had like for the first time like a big kind of guest. Yeah. Episode six is like the biggest guest we've ever had. Um, biggest is in... The most famous. The most famous, yeah. The most famous. Yeah. Matt Willis. What a ledge. What a ledge. Yeah. What a ledge. He kindly gave us a couple of hours of his time. Yeah. And... um I mean, I think we... X-rated that way. I was going to say, I think we had the most amount of swear words. The most in, fucks in the... I I got told off for swearing a lot. By who? My mum. Or on this podcast. But Matt Willis took the fucking piss. Fucking, fucking, fucking shit. Fucking Fucking, I say the same shit. What the fuck? What the fuck? Oh shit, fucking, fucking. Yeah, so kids pick that shit up. They do, they fucking do. Shit, shit, fucking shit. Fucking, 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 fucking. Do you know what I mean? Like, my kids find that fucking fascinating. My wife doesn't like that. Great chat, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Such a natural talker. Yeah. He he's definitely done interviews before. You can tell he's done a few. Yeah, Look, actually, you know what? I he had some deep shit to say. There was some deep shit in that about about like the the sort of the drugs and kicking the drugs because you know he had his child and how that kind of helped him get clean and stuff. That was that was pretty 
heavy shit, man. Behind the scenes, you were kind of living a, a quite a, a rock and roll lifestyle, were you? Yeah, I think so. You know, I mean, especially during the, the, the kind of later busted years and beyond, really. Yeah, it was kind of quite raucous and quite crazy but wicked you know plus you fucking got away with it because you're in a pop band yeah so no one thought you were gonna <laughs> yeah, do yeah. anything you know but i have to say man like those smash hits tours like even like after busted right like i mean like i did a solo record which was i suppose a little bit cooler than what busted was or whatever you know like um but they were nothing those fucking early smash hits tours were the most insane things like they're <laughs> like everyone was just fucking off it the whole really? time it was crazy it was amazing god but you've you've said speaking of it you you've said that fatherhood is kind of what inspired you to kind of kick all that kick the alcohol kick the drugs that kind of thing and and yeah and is that i mean i mean tell us about that because that i think that's something that probably quite a lot of people find and and, and go through yeah i think there was um i mean uh, i mean for me personally i tried to get sober so many fucking times you know and i've been given and i had so many reasons to stay sober you know that but nothing really worked you know i went to multiple rehab centers i fucking couldn't face another one you know i went through that so many times and but nothing got me sober you know i was always kind of pretending i was always kind of doing what people said i should do and kind of faking it you know and kind of going yeah i should go and sort myself out but then in two months i can fucking go back to myself mm. and everyone will think i'm great you know yeah. or whatever but then we had isabel and everything fucking changed you know like and it's one of those one did, of did things- it just change like overnight no, no. Well, I suppose so. I mean, I knew, you know, like, I still fucked up, like, after Isabel was born, you know, like, it took me six months to get sober. In that time, I tried fucking hard, you know, like, in the first six months, but I kept fucking up. And then I missed her crawling. I was out getting smashed, and then, you know, I kind of missed that fucking thing. You know, and the thought of not having her, you know, and, and kind of being that disappointment which i constantly was to other people mm. you know but being that fucking disappointment to her was just too much for me to deal with you know so yeah that kind of uh that was the one thing and then i just went i just kind of went you know i went to meetings and i kind of went one day at a time and you know, i did everything they fucking told me to do with for the first time ever i read that book i did <laughs> you know i did you know like and to be honest i, I mean i'm not a, i'm not a fucking aa guy i'm not really a a kind of one of those dudes I don't go to meet you know it's not really part of my life now but I did anything you know to kind of stay sober at that point yeah. and, it, and it and it all probably worked you know because I did you know so it's um uh yeah but I think there's there's something about you know like um you know the thought of her or any child seeing their parent in a yeah. disappointing light mm. is not fucking cool man you know like you know you want to be you know, that's the last thing you want. Yeah, you want to be know. a hero to them. Completely. They never want to be the opposite to that and mm. the complete fucking opposite to that. So, yeah, that was um, that was the kick up the arse I needed. I think, you know, when we're talking about how we've changed since becoming, you know, fathers, I think Matt's story shows how much people can change and yeah. how much what a positive influence children can be on you and, and what a catalyst for change. Yeah they yeah. can be these beers are definitely they're in. having an effect aren't yeah, they 100 <laughs> <laughs> Tom, what was your um, favourite moment of the podcast so far? 
God, there's there's so many. Um, that's a difficult question. Um, no, look, in all honesty, um, that you know what I'm gonna just talk. I know I just want to talk about that because basically what just happened here is that Tom was talking and he was a little bit far away from his microphone and Benji got up from the sofa to adjust it and he got electrocuted by the microphone. <laughs> you all right, Benj? No! <laughs> <laughs> happened like 50 times today. So, look, genuinely, like, it was quite special sitting here in the room with you guys and hearing both of you, first Seth... Um, and then a few months later, Jamie talking kind of about their experience of, of their first child coming into the world. And, you know, it brought back a lot of memories for me as well, because a few months previously, I'd become a father for the first time. And, and I've since had a, a second child as well. And I just think that everyone's story is different. It can be, you know, there's... It, it, like no one birth story is is the same and he, everyone's is so you know personal and and I think you guys kind of you know really brought to life a lot of those feelings and emotions and then that said oh, I think I need to push and Janelle again was like okay well cool okay let's let's do this then and start getting everything ready and was like all right when you need to push you just start pushing and then that like went into that kind of like screaming every obscenity like yeah. properly going for it sort of thing like loud to the point where i was like okay does it does it need to be that loud <sighs> um uh, this is you know keep it down a bit uh, i didn't actually say that obviously because i'm not a fucking moron but um yeah and then janelle said okay well listen she was pushing 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 and we could start to see the head like wow. coming through and and i was a bit like <laughs> and i was a i was up at nat's end but you know you can I could see everything. Like yeah, I didn't have yeah, to yeah. go down that end to see because she was kind of like half sitting up or whatever. And I could see the head, like the top of the head coming through. And I was like, okay, this is getting quite real now. And then she pushed for another like 20 minutes. And then Janelle said, okay, look, when I say stop pushing, stop pushing. And she said it, she not pushed, she said it. And then out, out oh, wow. the baby. Like literally, like it wasn't like a head for ages, then shoulders. It was literally just like <laughs> straight out. All in one, like, and it was purple. The baby was purple, and I didn't know what to. I was like, oh, it's, 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 a, it's a baby. It's a baby right there, and I couldn't, I couldn't get my head around it. And then she picked it up, gave it to Nat immediately, and Nat went, oh my god! And then we both looked at each other and went, we both went, what is it? And, and we just looked, and, we, and so we all looked, because we just forgot. I think I did see, but just didn't register it. Just didn't think, to, I was just so much like, oh my God, there's a fucking baby lying there. Cry, it, it screamed straight away. And then we looked, and we looked, and it was a girl. little girl even though we were convinced it would be a boy yeah, yeah yeah so but the weird thing was as i said we had a shuffle playlist going on and, yeah i was gonna say and the tune as she was born and i was skipping tunes i didn't look at what i was skipping because it was on shuffle and i was skipping because ellie goulding came on at one point right and i was like uh-uh no my baby is not being born to ellie goulding no way so i skipped it a couple of times and then the nationals i need my girl came on 
as she was born. And I was like, ah, that's weird. It's a girl. And then I turned to Nat and I went, so the name we had from the start was for a girl was Matilda. Right. And we'd never really found anything we liked more than that. So I said to Nat, I was like, so, and as we were convinced it was a boy, we'd had loads of like conversations about a boy's name. So I went, oh, so I guess we're going to call her Matilda then. And she went, I guess, I don't know. Like, maybe. I went, well, let's think about it for a bit. Yeah. As I said that, all Jay's Matilda came on the shuffle. And she needs you. This is for Matilda. And she needs you. This is for Matilda. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, like, no, no lie. It wasn't like a, three songs later. It was that song. Matilda came on. You don't have a choice then, do you? And I just looked at Nat and I, I had to sit down. I was like, that's too weird. And I, I said to Nat, I went, well, that's... And how many songs were, were there on the playlist? It was like nine hours of songs. Fucking hell. Yeah, and we've been through like two hours of it. And I, I turned to Nat, I went, well, that's that's that then, right? So yeah, and she said, yeah, I guess so. Oh, well, to be... It's a great name. So like, it's yeah. not like you were stuck with... I could think like Roxanne or something yeah. like that and to be fair we'd put the tune on the playlist because we'd like the, we like, right, we yeah. like the, the, the name you know yeah. and the song but for it to come on right then was a bit weird it was and then weird. yeah so we called her Matilda India Tucker But one other point um, possibly worth mentioning is a, a guest that we had on maybe two or three episodes back, I think it was episode 10, a really lovely guy called Shawnee O'Kane, mm. um, who, who came on here and was very generous with his, his time and his, his thoughts and all that kind of thing. And he's a... He does something for a living that I didn't even really know existed. He's a kind of fatherhood expert. Yeah. He works with, with dads from all walks of life trying to kind of just basically help them out and, and ensure that, that they get, you know, the, the best deal possible in, in, in terms of, um, of, of being dads and, and all the great things that, that come with that. And I think one point that he made that really hit home, that resonated with me, which I think I'm guilty of not really having properly taken on board, is that when we talk about fatherhood, when we talk about dads and, and, and fathers, like... There's, we're talking about so many different people. It's not just one like yeah. type of person. And we probably, um, maybe I can speak for us all, uh, uh, at times guilty of being in a bit of a bubble and thinking that, yeah. and, and, and particularly in this podcast, you know, we, we, we think that we all have, you know, uh, it, we all have quite privileged experiences of, of what it means to be a dad and being able to afford, you know, like good push chairs and baby monitors and taking them on holiday and taking them to soft play and nice things mm. and da-da-da and, and, and all that stuff. But fatherhood can be a real fucking graft. Like, as, as Shawnee, I think, like, what he brought to podcast was saying, you know, there's 15-year-old dads out there who can't afford the bus fare to, you know, to go and, and, and see their kids mm. and, and all sorts of, of, of other stuff. And, and, you know, people battling 
addiction and um, you know domestic issues and, and, and being in prison and yeah and hopefully that's something going forward you know with with the next you know 12 months of this podcast is I think we should try and branch out a little bit and think about um, giving a voice and a platform to these other dads that sometimes we we kind of don't always you know think about and and, and talk about enough I think we pulled off a bit of a coup by getting in our guest for episode eight, who I was quite a big fan of before he came in anyway, even bigger fan after he came in, um, was uh, Ben Bailey-Smith, aka Doc Brown. Legend. Um, yeah, bit of a... That was a particularly... I mean, anecdotally, yeah. I got a lot of positive feedback about that episode. Oh, really? Yeah, just people were just getting in touch with me, you know, just out of the blue saying... I heard that app with Doc Brown and it was sick. <laughs> well, they might have used they might have used like different sort of terminology, yeah. but on that Yeah, sort of I thought thing. it was a good episode. I did not have this yeah. power of words. I did not have this sense of conviction. I did not have the success in my professional life. I did not have the ability to do what I do today before I had children. I was a underpaid youth worker when my first daughter was born. I got on stage for the first time and tried to do stand-up, which has led to all these amazing things that I've managed to do since and to a, a flourishing and financially stable career. I got on a stage to begin all of that at 30 years old with a toddler and a bun in the oven and no way of knowing how I was going to pay the heating bills. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. It was a different type of pressure. I had to be funny. I had to make it work. It was a huge gamble. But having the children forced me to say to myself, there's only one outcome. Yeah, It has to work. It has to work. I'm not thinking about the other outcome. Whereas before that, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'd quite like to do this. I'd quite like to do that. But I'd also like to play FIFA for a bit longer. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 completely. So the negatives are profound and they are overpowering at times, but so are the positives. It's a completely even thing. Like the amount of times I've looked at that front door and just thought, I'm fucking moving to Mexico. I'm going to <laughs> yeah. Mexico. I'm changing my name. I'm going to find one of those better call Saul motherfuckers and get a new passport. I'm done. And the amount of times that I thought I couldn't be proud. I don't want to be anywhere other than here yeah. watching my kids being amazing. I can't wait for the day that I have two grown women come around my house for Christmas dinner telling me about their lives and the amazing things that they're doing. Mm, yeah. I can't wait for that fucking day. I'm looking yeah. forward to that. Yeah. And I'm getting closer every day. My kids, they're terrified of terrorism. Mm. Absolutely terrified. It keeps them up at night. Okay. How do you deal with that? Like, what do you, what's your kind of, because I mean, that's something it's I've It's really, about. really tough. And it, it, it brings me to tears quite regularly because I can't control it. I can't control terrorism. I can't control the, this level of, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to say evil because I hate it when people say evil. Terrorists are normal people with mental problems. Mm. 
That's what you never hear about. You, all you hear is like, he's evil. How did he get radicalized? Mm. How, mate, he's a fucking nutcase. Yeah. <laughs> if he thinks it's okay to kill someone for what he believes in. Mate, if I thought that was okay, there would be so, anytime someone said tribal quest, they're, they're not all that. They'd be dead. They would be dead. Do you know what I'm saying? They'd be dead. You have to be mentally ill to kill someone for something that you believe in. Yeah. Like it's bonkers. Yeah. yeah, and it's just it's a hard thing to explain to little kids. Mm. So you know the monster rhetoric, the evil rhetoric that you get in the press. I guess that's a bit simpler, but I don't like to be simple with my kids. I like to be quite real with them, and um, I give them the harsh reality quite a lot. And to be fair, my wife's on board with that as well, and neither of us had the most straightforward or simplest of upbringings. Um, my wife's way, way tougher than mine, you know? So we're very much like, these are the realities of life, but there will always be helpers. There will always be people, good people that you can turn to that will look after you. And there will always be love and there will always be happiness in the world. And the fear and the, the horror, it doesn't last. It doesn't last. It doesn't last. It's always like some temporary shit that someone's trying to throw out there to make a statement. Mm. And it's petty. Yeah. Whereas love and happiness, togetherness, that shit lasts forever. Well, it was, I mean, it was great to like hear him read from his book. Yeah. His children's book. I didn't realize I how little money you make no that really surprised me actually i thought i always thought there'd be tons of money in printing money yeah yeah well i guess unless you're as he said unless you're julia donaldson yeah i guess there could be lots of money in yeah it. But there but could it's be the merch that surrounds it isn't it it's all the extra merch and unless you get that and he's done a big purple bear and there's already been like purple dinosaurs and the gruffalo's kind of a bit purple yeah so is it not Tom's giving me a look. He's brown. He's brown. He's brown. Brown. Okay. But he's got purple spikes or some shit. Yeah, Do you know what? Yeah, that's right. That is right. He's Thank got you. purple warts all over his back. Come on, don't pretend you don't know. Nobly, no, nobly knees no. turned out toes and a poisonous wart at the end of his nose. Now, hang on. There's something purple Purple's, prickles all over his back. There you go. That is true. I read it quite recently to Matilda, the Gruffalo. It's the first time I read it. It's good. It is. It is good. This is, maybe explains its popularity, but it's one of the books. Yeah. Like, Children's you'll books go to. get boring. Yeah, they yeah. get boring quite quickly. Because it's got a rhythm to it. It's, yeah. it's got a wicked little rhythm to it. But do you know what? It does. It does. Benji's laughing. But it's got a rhythm. Yeah, a rhythm. Uh, <laughs> and you can get in a bit of a flow with it. Whereas her other book, I'm just going to say it, Stickman, Nat rates it. I don't like it. I think it's a bit, there's nothing to it. Really? Whereas Gruffalo's cool. I haven't read it, so I, I don't know. Yeah, it's not but I really, I do actually really, really like Ben's book. Yeah, and talk about great. talk about a rhythm and a flow. He, That's, he showed yeah. us the best way to to read it. So it starts off a uh, big picture, a big close up of the bear, <clears throat> and it goes, and it goes, and it goes, and it goes. I am bear, and I am bear. The suit I wear has purple hair, hair, in my tummy, mostly honey, here's a thingy I find funny, knock knock, who's there, munch munch, 
Mmm, my lunch. I do magic. Most bears won't. Now you see me, now you don't. Look behind you. Boo! Boo! Do you like games? I do too. Cops and robbers, that's my favorite. Donuts missing, guess who ate it? Fun with friends, that's the main thing. Favorite hobby? Probably painting. 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 I am bear, and I was there, now I'm gone. So long, so long, so long. Mark Harris. Oh, oh, Mark Harris was a legend. What? The word oxytocin, I don't think anyone comes across that word until they become pregnant. And then it's the buzzword. Yeah. Everyone fucking knows about oxytocin, right? Yeah. And I think he sold the idea of why oxytocin is the absolute one and why it should be harnessed and created and um, your missus should be put in an environment in which... I'm starting to sound like him when I talk about You are. It. You are getting, you're, you're channeling, I'm channeling that, Mark that Harris. kind of enthusiasm. Um, but yeah, I thought it was great. And I thought he had a lot to say on why oxytocin is the sexy hormone. So I was at the NCT and oxytocin came up and I was going on about it because I'd, I'd probably read that chapter yeah. the night before and I was being so sort of like knew exactly <laughs> what it was. But people don't no. really know what it is until they're... Kind of yeah. told. So, do you want to just kind of give well, a brief kind of explanation to what oxytocin is? Uh, oxytocin, uh, it's it's quite a trendy hormone, really, because we we know that it's the the hormone responsible for connection, the hormone responsible for affection. And do men have it as well? Do, yeah, yeah, yeah. Men and men and women have the same hormones in their bodies as each other. Do you right. know we were all female before eight weeks? Yep. And then yep. the the clitoral head. Uh, which is not just the hood. The clitoris extends round the vagina and back. In us, it became penis and testicles. So we have the same hormones in our body. They just dance in different ways. Right. Uh, so oxytocin is a hormone responsible for connection and bonding and all that kind of stuff and the community feeling. Uh, it's also responsible uh, in a woman for uh, sexual release. So when a woman is released sexually, and if she's lucky, has an orgasm, her body is awash with oxytocin. In fact, one obstetrician, Michelle O'Donnell, has said that orgasm and birth are one event separated by time. Right. The family of hormones responsible for a woman releasing herself sexually are the same family of hormones responsible for the birthing process and breastfeeding, funny enough. Is that why they say that that's, you know, when, you know, you're over overdue, that... A shag is a... Well, yes. See, that's bollocks, isn't it? No, not completely. <laughs> let, let, not completely. Well... So, so in the old days, we used to say, if you ever, you know, have a jump, right, mm. um, that any friction on the woman's cervix, which is the opening to the uterus, causes the pituitary gland to release the hormones responsible for starting the birth off. Right. Uh, most men's knobs ain't going to reach that far, let's be frank. The other part of... Sorry... Well, no, that's fine. <laughs> the, 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 the other thing is that semen has something called prostaglandin in it, which again is a hormone responsible for starting the birth off. The prostaglandin in sperm is not, um, uh, in terms of its me molecular structure, is not the same. So the important component when it comes to starting the birthing process off is a woman being released sexually. Yeah, there was some uh, interesting eye-opening things in, in his his chat he talks about how like breastfeeding is linked to birth and to 
orgasm as well. And there was like, he, uh, he, he was a very sexual man. He was, he talked about the fact that like, he, he, he's been delivering babies and like, he said that on a number of occasions, so more than once. I think he said actually four times women have said to him um, in the delivery room, do you mind if I masturbate while I'm having this baby? Yeah. And that's not the, all oh, right. That's just, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, that's not the mum. <laughs> it's just a nurse. <laughs> <laughs> But also, like, let, can we just take a moment to... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the, the, that's the beer talking. <laughs> Sorry, go on, Tom. Yeah, what? I was just saying, can can we just take a moment to get our head around the fact that... Did he say that he... They at one point had... Is it five children under on the six, age of six? Wasn't it? Was it six children? And I think they very much later adopted a six child. Oh, right, 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 yeah, right, right, I right. think they had five under the age of six and a half, something like that. And yeah. that is like yeah, that's, mental. I mean, how old is he? He said that for like that whole time, like his wife was never, like, never stopped breastfeeding for yeah. like seven years. I don't know. Like, yeah. Yeah. That is fucking nuts, man. Yeah. For episode 10, we had um, Shawnee O'Kane on, who is a, a fatherhood expert, which is quite a kind of grand title. And he had that fucking mental story about how he conceived. Well, actually, I don't think it was the moment they actually conceived. No. But he was like trying to donate sperm yeah. for the conception yeah. of a child with this lesbian couple from... Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. Yeah. And they were arriving late. Yeah. And so he put his jizz in the oven. Yeah. You know the song? All that she wants is another baby. What was that? Is them? That's all they, yep, yep. They were the Zimbabwean Ace of Base. And that was who they, they really had their sights set on having this, you know, this, this, this child. And, and I was just like, yeah, that's just do it and sure you know i'll be involved and and they were like oh well we'll talk about it later on and all that it was all quite like vague and you know and they said we're going to come around and uh we're going to just do this practice go and we'll see how it goes and i was like okay that's fine and they said yeah could you just have everything ready for us i was like, yeah that's fine that's not a problem that's easy and I, uh, well, I can't really romanticize this, but I shot into um, a polystyrene cup. And um, I uh, was really pleased with myself. <laughs> and uh, I was like, yeah, they're going to love this. Uh, I was like, should I wrap it up? I don't know. <laughs> like, what, do do? <laughs> what do you do? Like a gift tag. And, uh, and then whilst it was in the cup, they said, oh, we're caught in traffic. We're going to be late. And I was like, okay, that's fine. So I wish I could had a camera watching me at that time because in my state, I started to panic because I assumed that when the sperm gets exposed to air, it starts to die. So I, so I turned the oven on on a low heat <laughs> and I put it in the oven because I assumed... I assume Not the fridge. That, no, because it, my balls are warm. So why? <laughs> why would I? My friends, I said, why didn't you put it in the freezer? But like, because it's just come from a warm place. Why would I want? Unless I was like, <laughs> you know, like a snow monster or something. I mean, why would I want to put it in the freezer? Mix and also, it's quite unhygienic. 
Right. But so the, the oven, oven is completely oven sterile. <laughs> and so I, uh, I put it in the oven on a low heat and it was in there for about 30 to 40 minutes. And when, <laughs> when, <laughs> when it came round, I'll never forget this. I just, I just, it was like another person now. When I look at me then, now it's just like two different people. And um, when I pulled it out, it all kind of decrepit. It was all crumpled up. But the sperm was like intact and it was still moving around. And and they were just happy because they just wanted sperm, you know. So they were like, yeah, it's great. It was all sperm. It was all sperm. <laughs> uh, and then they, I was like, okay, so I like turn one of you upside down and pour it in. How does it work? <laughs> uh, like, I, this were really clear and there was nothing really on. Like, you can't, you can't have Google that, can you? Turkey baster, yeah, well, yeah, well, they'd bought a home insemination kit. And, um, because oh, uh, they'd come prepared. Yeah, of course, because it's all that they want is another baby. So they knew exactly what they wanted. And so, so they left, and then I was it. So I was like, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go out with the boys tonight. So I went out with all the lads, and we were all drinking all night. And they were like, give me loads of stick. <laughs> and uh, and whilst we were out, I was getting hammered, and I got a text message from the who would then be the non biological mum, and she said, hey, you know, thank you for your sperm today. Um, I never got that text ever before. I got it that <laughs> night. I've never got it since. And she's like, oh, you know, it was really kind of you. And I was like, oh, thanks. I, I think every, sorry, I think every like one night stand should finish with that text. Thank you for your, <laughs> for your sperm, sperm today. today. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, you know, but did you know that, you know, styrofoam kills sperm? And I'd be like, well, no, I fucking didn't go to sperm school. How would I know that? <laughs> but you're and saying the went, oven doesn't. <laughs> and, she, and she said, you know, we've just read up on it and uh, we'll come around tomorrow for some more. But there was also, there was an addendum to that story because there was another, I think because of the polystyrene cup incident, Mm. they had to come around the next day. Yeah. And he was not feeling quite, he'd had a few drinks with the lads and was having difficulty um, arousing himself. Yeah. And so he asked his uh, his flatmate to stand in (laughs) as a jizz double. And hilarity ensued. (laughs) Hilarity ensued. As much as I like Elliot Ray from episode 11, who runs the um, music football fatherhood website, I do feel like, and I felt at the time, he had kind of just stolen our idea as to what we're doing here and uh, put it in a website form, which is actually probably a lot smarter um, move than doing a podcast. But Did, so Was that because I'm not sure about no, the genesis of it? Was it? No, he was definitely doing it before us. Okay. I just kind of, yeah, we just came to it late and I just saw it and I realised... There's no such thing as an original idea because everything I thought we brought to this, he's kind of already done. But Oh, well. But hey. Hey, look, look, there's room for both of us, right? Yeah, exactly. We should talk about an article that drew our attention to you, which was in The Independent, which you wrote, which said the headline of it was, I'm a young married professional black father and I don't exist. What inspired that because that's quite a provocative kind of headline but I yeah. thought it was a really interesting read and you were talking about there's you know not enough black role models in in sort of in the media and and uh, do you want to just kind of elaborate on and that was in the independent how when, so when that, was that that was in July okay actually yeah yeah, yeah that was in July so what, <laughs> what prompted you to write that so I think it was about so when I was saying earlier before we started recording about just sharing more I feel like there's probably loads of things I want to say sometimes and don't because of 
I guess because people ask you about it afterwards, mm. which is something I'm getting comfortable with. If you say something in public, they're going to ask you about it. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense, obviously. Um, you know, fear of maybe it being career limiting or whatever. But now I just don't really care. So I'm happy just to express how I feel and just be honest. And I think with that, I was like overwhelmed with the response to it. I think it was like the second most shared article from the independent that day. Like yeah. people really felt it and I struck a chord and was relating to so many people. And I think there were people that were like, Oh my gosh, I feel like that. I just didn't even think to say it or didn't articulate it in that way. So I guess it was just me just thinking, Do you know what? This is something that I guess I've been experiencing. And I think there's two things. I think it's the kind of just realization that when you go out as a dad, probably more so as a black dad, people just don't really know how to respond to you if you're with your baby, especially when they're quite young. So, so I used if to take, you mean if you're on your own, just the two of you? Yeah. yeah. Right, so I used yeah. to take Eleni out when she was like four, you know, three months, I think was the first time I ever took out on my own. So I used to take her out, um, make sure my wife has a rest, be out with this young baby. <laughs> and people would just be quite surprised and quite shocked. And it was weird. Like I was living in Walthamstow at the time, actually, which is actually quite a liberal left place it, it was weird people just didn't know how to react to me if i go out on my own it's fine like when as soon as i'm with a baby all of a sudden uh it's just a bit weird and some what, people what was the so, yeah what was, what was the reaction <laughs> so some people would be like really overly like oh my gosh you're out with your baby like you know like over happy yeah, yeah which is fine like they were excited you know that's good whatever cool and I felt other people were a bit more standoffish, especially if you're going to a place where there's other mums as yeah, well. Yeah. So I really noticed, I was like, wow, people don't know how to respond to you. It's either very kind of like, oh my God, that's great. You're a dad, you're out, amazing. Take my money, take my child. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> or it I will was- vote for you. <laughs> basically, yeah. yeah. Or it was the other kind of, this is a bit weird. So I'm going to avoid him. Right, yeah. So yeah, I'm not going to engage with him. So I'm going to pretend he's not there sort of thing. Wow. Yeah. And I felt like this is this is weird. I don't experience this when I'm on my own uh, normally, depending on how I'm dressed. But if I'm dressed like this, normally people are quite, you know, just Shirt and trousers. Yeah, shoes. like I've been at work, I have a job, whatever. Yep. So I thought, you know what? I, I want to express this. Yeah. One well, of the things that you say in, in your article is that you... You don't blame people for having that reaction necessarily because mm. you feel that, you know, that's sort of, that that's the inevitable kind of effect of like the media and, and like advertising and the, and the way that you don't see that person represented in, in those forums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's getting better. I don't know if they've read the article, um, but I'm seeing a few more adverts just with normal black men. Yeah proportionately you see a lot of us being rappers being footballers being drug dealers being criminals we see that a lot proportionately there needs to be a readjustment of proportion like there needs to be a, a representation of actually what black british men are which yeah. a lot of us are just normal people who live normal lives who look after the kids and do normal stuff so on episode 12 which marked a year, obviously, we had Alex Baker on. We did. Famous for Kerrang, Kerrang Radio. Radio. Yep. Being the new artist overlord. Yeah. 
Um, he was fucking brilliant. It, I mean, that was we only re- recorded that relatively recently. Obviously, yeah. it's, it's it's still very fresh in my mind. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, he was funny. He, he was talking about like how he has like an aversion to like sauce and things like that. Burger juice, burger juice yeah, on him. Sure. But he yeah. was happy to have like baby like shit on him. Yeah, but baby. I think it was baby shit in his eye. Yeah, but any burger juice around his mouth and his beard. He wasn't. He wasn't comfortable with. I had this really weird moment where I, I was convinced because I'm freaked out by like stuff on me. Like if I'm like eating a burger or whatever, and I get some burger juice in my beard, I have to wipe. I wipe my face after every I, yeah. after every bite. You know, just constantly go through mounds of tissues. Awful for the environment uh, in many ways. <laughs> and so that's your excuse, is it? Yeah. But, um, but so I was really concerned that like the snot and the puke and the, and the poo and everything was going to like really rock my world in a negative way. But I remember like Mel was recovering, blood everywhere, awful sight. Um, and the baby was crying and I was like, oh God. And she started like going, ah, 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 like the amniotic fluid started coming out because she was a C-section baby. Apparently it comes out later when you have a C-section baby. No one tells you this stuff. Yeah. Uh, we can get onto that in a bit if you like. That's <laughs> stuff that people don't tell you. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I had this situation where she started to choke and I was like, right, I've just got to get her. So I picked her up and she started being sick. And this was the moment where like her bodily fluid was going to be on me for the first time. And, and Mel went, oh, uh, get a tissue, get a, a muslin cloth or whatever they're called things. I always get those wrong. She's <laughs> always telling me off for getting it wrong. Get one of those things. And I was like, no, she can just do it on me. <laughs> and she was like, right. And I swear it was on that slow motion and my long hair was like swaying in the, you know, with the projectile vomiting. And I had all this sick in my hair. And I kind of loved it, you know. And it was really weird how I felt. And, and since I've had snot and poo on me and all the rest of it. And I almost oh, feel like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. well, no just Saturday night man with all that (laughs) but I sort of feel like your brain when you're a dad and I guess it's the same for mums it kind of switches off the thing that makes it gross so they could do anything to you and you kind of your brain just just doesn't but what about the burger juice you still burger juice man I have to have a stack of tissues (laughs) awful but yeah baby can shit in my eyes (laughs) all good (laughs) you know one bite of a GBK game over (laughs) But I kind of get what you're saying in terms of like when it's your baby, that kind of stuff yeah. goes out the window. And I think that's, you know, before I became a dad, I very much, and I think I said this before, you'd look at someone changing their baby's nappy and it's full of shit, whatever. And you're kind of like, that yeah. is disgusting. I, how, I'm never going to be able to do that. And then it's your kid and you're like, yeah, whatever. You just do it because you don't really, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's kind of what he was saying. And I mean, I might be wrong. He might just really love it, but... Um, yeah, he might just now love shit. Look, Jay, we've had some like fantastic guests yeah. over the course of the last you know year. Mm-hmm. Um, who would you like to have in the next year? If I could have anyone, or just anyone, yeah, like any any like dream guest. I reckon we get the Rock on the Rock, the Rock. Because he's a dad, right. he's just about to be a dad again. Just announced it recently yeah. on Instagram. Uh, he's going to have another girl. I'm a big fan of Dwayne The Rock Johnson, um, mainly because I think he comes across as quite a down-to-earth guy. Yeah, I'm not being funny. I genuinely love this guy, and I think he'd be. I think he'd have a lot to say. I think he's good. I think he's from where he kind of 
came from in terms of his background. If anyone knows anything about him, he's quite humble beginnings, worked his way up, hard work. Now to, I think he's the biggest paid actor in the world now. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's yeah. And well, he's I mean, a, he is a brilliant actor. I'm not saying that. Okay. I just think, I think he'd have a lot to say about father. So listen, Dwayne, you got my number. Give me a call. We'll get you on. What about you? Who's your kind of, who would you say is your number one fantasy I, I, guest? You know what? I've, I've got a few that I really like. Any of them as realistic as The Rock? They're more unrealistic. Well, no, more no, unrealistic. The, okay, so the realistic one, I think it, it might be possible. Is yeah. I, would, I think Ian Wright would be really fun. Ian Wright, yeah. But the unrealistic one, which yeah. is obviously impossible, is yeah. Barack Obama. Okay. Thoughts? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, th- I agree. That's pretty unrealistic. Yeah. But we take Trump. We take <laughs> <laughs> Tom, get on it. Nail it. Just call up his people get him on okay so that's it for this most recent episode of the good the dad and the ugly the fatherhood podcast okay well i think that about wraps it up okay well then let's wrap it up there well i think that probably about wraps up the conversation for today for today okay that's it for this episode thank you everyone we're gonna wrap it up there I have to say it's been great like I've had a fantastic time this last 12 months it's been fun it has been fun and hopefully we're going to do another 12 months um, and also thank you to everyone who's listened because it's been yeah thank you to everyone who's listened and like downloaded and just like rated and reviewed and all that shit that we but more saying. of you could rate and review more of you could but don't do it if you're going to send fucking shit reviews like that That was that guy that guy he said something about Matt Willis not being funny and it's like, that's not the point. That's not why you you don't rate a podcast series about one guy not being funny, even though he was fucking funny. So I don't know what his problem was. And he's not a comedian. No. So I, I think the guy just... What's his? What's your beef? Didn't like Matt Willis. Or but why would you not? Because he's a dickhead. Not Matt Willis. Not Matt Willis, the guy. <laughs> right, yes, yeah. So the guy's a yeah, dickhead. Yeah. yeah. So Tom, who do we have coming on the show in the next year? Well, I don't want to give too much away. I have been working hard behind the scenes and let me just say this that maybe sometimes dreams do come true it's the rock in it Donald Trump Donald Trump Donald Trump Donald Trump The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. 
Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.